And so I want us to look at uh, God gave uh, you and I authority. He really did. The book of Colossians, you got Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then you got Acts, and then Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, and then it's the next four books. You got Galatians, uh, Ephesians, Philippians, and there's that book called Colossians. It was actually written to a church. The whole thing was supposed to be read all at once. Really wouldn't have taken but about eight or nine minutes. Of course, your mind would drift a little bit if somebody was reading it, but you'd go back and say, hey, would you read that again, or can I read that, if you could read and now we have a copy. <clears throat> I want us to look here at, um, at verse 12. Giving thanks unto the Father who's made us meet. That means able. He's made us able to be partakers. We do take something. We take a part. That's what it is. We're, we're, we're taking the part that belongs to us. Partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Remember well, some of those Christmas songs we were singing about talked about light. Well, Jesus referenced by John in John chapter 1, don't turn there, but he said, uh, you know, in the darkness comprehended it not. Jesus is the light, and the light uh, is the light of men. That's the reason we like to talk about being born again. Something's happened to us. Yeah, when you start trusting in, uh, shall we say, what you can't see, well, I've been in the church for years and whatever, and, and yeah, I know you have, I have too, but we believe. We believe that on the inside we've been born again. It happened a long time ago, and we were baptized, and we know we belong to Jesus. Well, there's light there. You do have something different than people who don't believe in Jesus. I know in our society, well, we'll be careful, Richard. We don't want to upset the Muslims. We all believe in the same God. Nah, excuse me, we don't. We don't. Do a little research, and you'll find out they are not excited about your God. They're just honest. Uh, they, they're, they're, they're pretty much blunt about it. And uh, we can try to be politically correct, but Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. And we have raised our hands, and we've said, I have decided to follow Jesus. And in following Jesus, we still can help other people find Jesus, but we'll never help people find Jesus if we deny that uh, Jesus is the only way. Jesus even said one time in, in Matthew chapter 16, Whom do men say that I am? Well, Jesus doesn't really matter. It's okay. If everybody just believes in God, it's okay. No, it's not okay. Some say you're Elijah. Some say you're one of the prophets. Well, whom do you say that I am? Boy, Peter spoke up, and he said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. It matters. It really matters. So much so that Paul wrote in Romans chapter 10, he says that if thou shalt confess Jesus, as Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Well, let's take that apart, and let's take the negative approach. What if I don't confess that Jesus is Lord, and I don't believe that Jesus was raised from the dead? Well, then you won't be saved, you know. Well, what does that mean? Well, think about that. If you don't confess Jesus or tell others that Jesus is your king, well, Jesus said, if you deny me before men, then will I deny you before my Father in heaven. Well, what's that got to do with anything? There's two kingdoms. There's the kingdom down here on this earth, one that covers the whole earth, and it's the kingdom of darkness. And there's a kingdom of what Jesus said, the kingdom of light. And I want in that kingdom. And that's what this verse is saying here. He's given us, to, he's caused us to become partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Now look at verse 13. This is fantastic. Notice this is all past tense. This is not future tense. This is the reason you see good things happen in your life. This is the reason that you still 
pray about everything. You'll go, well, I'm going to pray about it. Because you know it's all falls apart. You know? And, and you pray and all of a sudden, woo it turned around. Look at 13. Who hath delivered? Now, I want to help you with the word delivered. The word delivered is the same thing that, that you would say if you were leaning on the stove and somebody was cooking and you forgot your hand was on it and they turned that burner off. How quick do you think you'd get that hand off there? Real quick like, wouldn't you? Once you knew, once you knew the signal was made and you jerked that hand back, that's what delivered it. God didn't play with you. He didn't say, well, I just think I just, I, I'll let Richard suffer a little while and then I'm going to get him out. No. When Jesus came and he died for you and I, he snatched us out of the hand of the enemy. You're still today snatched out of the hand of the enemy. It's just we don't know it. You and I right now, if somebody did, and they, they didn't, but if they put a bunch of money in your account and the bank played along and by accident, we'll say, we'll give them credit, they didn't notify you. And you had this surplus amount of money in your account, guess what? It wouldn't do you any good until you knew. You would have to act on that and go, well, you know what? i got enough to buy that whole thing. I've got enough to buy everybody one, you know. But you wouldn't do that because you think you don't. You don't. But if you found out you did, then you would take action. It's much the same way right here. So look at 13. <clears throat> Who hath delivered us? What did he snatch us off the hot stove for? Why did I jerk my hand? Was it a hot stove or what? From the power of darkness. Now that word power doesn't mean the muscle power, although it's behind it somewhere. It actually means the authority. The policeman's hat. The badge. Whatever. The government. The governmental force. The paperwork. The paperwork says, Nell Allen over here is subject to the power of darkness. Uh -huh. She waves this other paperwork says, uh-uh, uh-uh. I'm not either. Oh, yes, you are. But she fights it. She resists the devil with what Jesus said, uh, the sword of the Spirit. This is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, Ephesians 6 tells us. And so now Allen, my mother, would say this, uh, and hath translated. We know what that means. You could think of the word, think of like men in, uh, uh, let's see, Star Trek was first, those space programs, you know. Of course, prior to that was lost in space. Anyway, Star Trek had this little thing about beam me up, Scotty, you know. Beam me up, transfer me somewhere else. And you just energize, we disappear, and all of a sudden we reappear somewhere else. That's, a, that's the same thing. Translated us. Look at that word. Translated us into the kingdom. And I love the way it describes this. The, his dear son. It actually means the son of his love. Love was behind all of this. Now remember, Jesus taught us in, Matthew, I mean, in John 17 that God the Father loves you as much as he loves Jesus. You can figure that out if you never had said it by what Jesus did on this earth. You know, people that came to him, he didn't, remember, he said, I will no wise cast out. You know, all these people that came, even Judas that night, he said, friend, that's what Jesus called him. Are you come to betray me? But anyway, back to this. He's translated us. Oh, it means he's going to translate us. No, that would be a mistake. It says, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. You remember one night Jesus told his disciples, he said, some of you will not see death till you see the kingdom of God coming in all its glory. Well, if you're thinking about the book of Revelation, the new Jerusalem coming down, you're a little 
uh, Hebrews chapter, let's, let's go there, I'll show you there, can we finish this? Go to the book of Hebrews, you're going to go to the right, about four books, turn to the right, eh, maybe six books, you'll see Hebrews, it's a big one coming up, to the right, head toward Revelation, and go to, Reve go to he Hebrews chapter 12, and think about that new Jerusalem, 1,500 miles high, 1,500 miles wide, the book of Revelation says, it's going to come down to this earth. Well, that's right, because <laughs> it's not here now. So some will not see death till they see the kingdom of God coming in all its glory, Jesus said. It almost sounds like Jesus, you lied a little bit. Why did you say that? Oh, he didn't lie. <laughs> he didn't lie. Because Jesus is king. So Hebrews chapter uh, 12 here, look over here at verse 22. But you are, now remember if we read this, and we, uh, 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 you know, it wouldn't take us but about, maybe it takes about 15 minutes to read all the way through uh, the book of Hebrews nonstop. I'm saying inter uninterrupted, somebody got up there and said it, okay? It's about that long. It may take about 20 minutes. It's really not that long. You know, if you have the Bible on tape, you know, it moves out. I've listened to it, you know, on CD, whatever, Sometimes your mind will drift and sorry, chapter 6. Well, it went by fast, didn't it? You know? But now watch it. You are come unto Mount Zion. It says Zion, but it's Mount Zion. We've heard of that. That's, that's Jerusalem, we think about it. That's what they call it in the Bible. And unto the city of the living God. Look at this, though. The heavenly Jerusalem and an innumerable company of angels. I have got to quit feeling sorry for myself. I have to. I mean, Bob and I, we can go out and have coffee or whatever. We can talk about our problems. Man, my problems. It was your turn, Bob. Bob tells me problems. But man, I can't figure out if you're worse off than I am. And we can leave each other going, you know, this is so hopeless. Anyway, meet you here tomorrow. And we can just keep doing that. But we know better. We know better. We've got some help. The Bible still says that Bob and I and Phil and Fred and uh, my mom and myself, we are come unto, it didn't say we're going to, we are come unto Mount Zion, unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, the list goes on, to the general assembly of the church of the firstborn. Let me help you with that. The word firstborn, what does that mean? Well, back in older days, the firstborn was, and it, and it wasn't because daddy was being mean. He would have been the next one in line for, uh, to help out. He would have known what's best for the younger brothers. When I go, you know, Stephen, you're going to be it. You take care of Robert, you whatever. And if you go, Robert, you're going to be the next one in line. That's the way I thought it was. So he says to the church of the firstborn. I wonder what that means. The church of, oh, Jesus is the firstborn. We're in the first church of Jesus. That actually doesn't mean that. It means where everybody is treated like the firstborn. We are all treated like what? The inheritance is yours. And remember, that's what Jesus did in one of the parables. He said this guy that owned a bunch of stuff, he gave to one man five talents. And he gave to another one two. And he gave to another one one. You know. And then he left. Praise the Lord. Wow. So anyway, he says to the general assembly of the church of the firstborn, which are written, which are written in heaven. Wow! And to the God, the Judge of all, and to look at this phrase: to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. Abel was crying out for vengeance. My brother killed me. My brother killed me. My brother killed me. And of course, Cain and Abel, Abel wound up 
I mean, not Abel, but Cain, fool, was thrust out. The Bible says that God put a mark on Cain, and Cain even said, well, my punishment's too great for me to bear, and God was still merciful, and said, well, ain't nobody will have Cain, boy, don't worry about it. And so you still see mercy there. But Jesus somehow was so much greater, so much greater. And you've got that too. Praise the Lord. But I just wanted you to see that. Now, if you will, back up, if you can find Colossians where you were, where we started just a moment ago. Go back six or seven books. So we're delivered out of the power or authority of darkness and translated into another kingdom. We already see, okay, I'm, I don't see the New Jerusalem. Well, actually, you will when you read about it. When you read your Bible and you find out, like the 23rd Psalm, wow, surely goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. Well, that'd be if I lived in America. I'm currently in a very poor country in South America. I could go get me a hot dog or a hamburger at McDonald's or whatever, but there's no hamburger down here just south of Buenos Aires, wherever I'm at. I mean, I, if I was just in America, then we can understand that. Well, when you read this one, praise the Lord, I am in America. I mean, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I have what the Bible says. Now, if you're in Colossians, now back up to the left, two more books, and you'll find the book of Ephesians. And I want to show you some more about this kingdom that we're in. Ephesians chapter 2 here. And Ephesians chapter 2, look down here at, uh, uh, let's see. Start here at verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy... For his great love, wherewith he loved us. We've got to get this judgment stuff out of our heads. Yeah, there's a judgment coming, but guess what? You already passed from it. We passed from death to life. It's going to happen. Don't turn there, but 1 John 4 says that we're supposed to be giddy and happy about judgment. In that day, the scripture says we'll have boldness. Because as he is, so are we in this world. He says, he that feareth is not made perfect in love. In other words, doesn't understand that. I mean, Jesus standing there like, I died for you on the cross, Richard. And it's been 2,500 years later. And here you are standing in front of me for judgment. But what are you shaking for? Well, I mean, you know, Jesus, you wouldn't believe all the stuff. Yeah, that's right. All the stuff you heard, Richard. But did I ever change this? Did I ever change it? Well, I'm going to do my best to stand there and say, Lord, I'm glad I'm here because I'm only here because of Jesus. And I'm only here because of 1 John chapter 4. I have boldness in this day because I believe that you love me. You know, And I'll have boldness. This is actually what it says. Have boldness in the day of judgment. Oh, how can we do that? We need to be humble. Or just, oh, so it's not being humble to be stupid. Jesus has declared in several ways. He just declared it in the story of the prodigal. The father was with binoculars practically going, well, he's coming. He's not here today, but he's coming. I know he's coming. And the father didn't beat his son when he got him. Put a ring on his finger, shoes on his feet. And said, don't worry about all that money you lost. You got more. You're still one of my heirs. Remember his son tried to kick off that thing. I just need to be one of the slaves. That ain't going to happen. Gave him a robe. Okay, so here's what happened. His great love wherewith he loved us. Even when we were dead in sins, praise the Lord, he's quickened us together with Christ, by grace are you saved, look at this, and raised us up, what? 
together, made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, where is Jesus seated at? He's seated at the right hand of the Father. Guess where you and I are seated? At the right hand of the Father. The book of Revelation, chapter 4, the Bible says that I heard a trumpet and said, come up hither. So John, you know, he gets to see all this. He sees the throne. And around that throne were 24 thrones. Around the throne of Jesus. And it was called the 24 elders. You know. Well, we're all in there. We're seated with him. Praise the Lord. Everything that goes on in the book of Revelation, when it talks about around the throne, you see everybody there. There's a bunch of people that come out of Revelation or whatever, and, and, and they're, they're, they're there where the Bible says they're there at the throne. You know. John was there at the throne. He saw the angels going, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. We're right there. We're seated with him in heavenly places. Wow. This is so amazing. Look over at verse 12. That at that time you were without Christ. Now, why would we need to even know any of this? Because something is different. Somebody put money in your bank account. You need to call down there or get online and look and go, Whoa, what happened here? Who did this? And I want to show you this is financial. This is so fantastic. And again, if it wasn't financial, why would God use a financial term to describe it? That at that time you were without Christ. But here's the financial part. Look at this. Being aliens, we know what that is. Stranger. From the common wealth of Israel. Yes, there's two things. But believe me, don't you ever say it means nothing about the money in your wallet or in your bank. It does too. Remember, God said you can't serve God and money. But we make a dividing line. Oh, that doesn't mean money. Okay, well, then you're on your own. I know I've got to worship this stupid money. It aggravates me because I keep making up. And see, that's why we don't have to go there. Jesus will take care of your money. He'll even remind you. He'll say, you know what you need more than that? And I know. And he'll say, I'll get it for you. Just ask me, I'll get it for you. So he says, you were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. Strangers, look at this, from the covenants, it's two, a promise. See, there were several covenants. One of them was the sure mercies of David. God made a covenant with David, sure mercies of David. He also made a covenant with Solomon. Solomon dedicated the temple, and Solomon said, listen, Lord, you know, I just need wisdom. Oh, I need wisdom. God said, you know what? I'll give you wisdom. You know what? You didn't ask me for a long life. You didn't ask me for money. You asked me for wisdom. I guess you want to know this? I'm going to give you your wisdom, and then I'm going to give you a long life, and I'm going to give you wealth and riches. And I'm telling you what, Solomon was richer than anybody ever was. Ever, ever, ever was. It's the two things people remember about him. Who was Solomon? Oh, wisest man ever. Was he broke? Oh, no, I heard he was rich. Yeah, he was. God got it to him. And there were other covenants there. Anyway, verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes, look at this, what's the tense? English class, a little lesson here. Were far off. We were far off. We're made nigh by the blood of Christ. Just like that uh, uh, song we sang. Uh, remember when the music fell off the projector there? We were stuck with that phrase. Uh, he made the earth of naught. In other words, he made the earth of nothing, but with his blood, mankind hath he bought. What did he buy him for? Because it was a legal transaction. Satan owned us. We were legal slaves. 
The Bible says in Romans chapter 5, by one man's offense, Adam's sin, by one man's transgression, death reigned. Hear that word? Reigned. It ruled. It seized the opportunity. It controlled all of us. Owned all of the slaves. Mercy. Now we're a slave. <clears throat> but not anymore. The scriptures go on to tell us in Romans chapter 5, by one man's obedience, talking about Jesus. That's the reason you just need to get off your shoes that say, i got to earn this. These are my, i got to earn it shoes. You know, no, get rid of them. It's by one man's obedience. You know, he made many righteous. He brought us into eternal life. And we reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. All you got to do is say, I belong to him. I belong to Jesus. And that stops the enemy. Hmm, it's amazing. Okay, but anyway, back to this. Uh, so verse 12, they were strangers from the covenants, and I like the last phrase, having no hope and without God in the world. Well, you know, I mean, it, sometimes you learn things. It's, it's, it's better to go through. No, that's not the way the Bible talks. You need a God. We need the God. And he is here to help you in situations where there's, oh, no hope. We do have hope now. We were without hope, but not anymore. Now, I want us to skip down just a little bit because this is talking about the comparison between, well, I'm not a Jew. I guess I, I don't have all these things. He actually nails it in 14 and 15 and 16 and says, oh, yes, oh, yes, you have everything that the Jew has. You're not outside of this at all. So look down here at verse 18. For through him we both, making reference to the Jews and everybody else in the world that uh, was not a Jew, <clears throat> but you accept Jesus have access by one spirit unto the Father. Now look at this verse. Now therefore you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the what? The household of God. I'm of the household of God. Praise the Lord. Little kids can understand this. And actually, on the inside, you understand it. It's true. It's just a faith battle. Because when you walk outside these doors here, you're going to encounter things that are going to be like, that doesn't support it. Well, that's right. It won't support it. Jesus said, in the world, you'll have tribulation. But he said, be of good cheer. I have overcome it. The living or the Amplified Bible says, I have deprived it of its power to harm you. We miss it sometimes. We think, well, I mean, yeah, great, Jesus. Great for you that you overcome it. Wait a minute, Jesus. You said in Romans chapter 8, <clears> that I'm more than a conqueror. Yeah. Through all, and all these things, I'm more than a conqueror through him that loved me. Yeah. And in 1 John chapter 5, an amazing scripture, verse 4 and 5, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. We get the idea that means alcohol. If, you, if you're a drunk tonight or today, God will give you the power to overcome that. Well, he's going to need to give you the power, that's for sure. But that's not what he's talking about. Every person living and breathing, that is born of Jesus. Now, that's not hard. You just believe in Jesus. We'll leave it there. You know. We're more than conquerors. We're citizens. And we know what that is. You get to go to that meeting, or you get to go to that football game. How come? I got a ticket. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big Alabama fan, but I got myself in that Auburn stadium. How did I get there? I had to get an Auburn ticket. That's all right. I had my ticket. I walked right in there. didn't think nothing of it. I had a ticket. You don't need to think of anything else different either. You have a ticket, praise the Lord. 
Jesus has made a way. One last scripture. Go to Matthew. You know where that is. The first book of the Old Testament. I mean, excuse me, the New Testament. Matthew, right in the middle of your Bible. You know, if you miss it, you're in the book of uh, a bunch of prophets there. Go to the right till you find Matthew. Matthew, go all the way to the last few sentences. That'll be Matthew 28. And this makes so much sense. Matthew 28, let's start here at verse 18. And Jesus came and he spake unto them. This was right after he was resurrected. Probably four or five weeks. I think most they said six weeks maybe. And he's fixing to float up into heaven right in front of them. All power is given unto me. Now look at two places. In heaven and on earth. Remember he said whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. See we're the controlling force down here. We are. He's working through us. He'll work a whole lot more if you'll pray a whole lot more. I don't mean begging. That's not it. Just pray like anybody. I gotta do this. I gotta. I gotta. I was telling Phil the other day. I was. Uh, I was. Phil took me to lunch yesterday. Oh, we got to talk about cars. And Dominique's car gets worked on. Whatever. She's talking about. Nah, she's her brother's truck. And I said, Oh, hey, remind me. Oh, that's what Phil said. You need to pray about it. And I said, Oh, I remind me. Just wonderful, best car I've got, you know. I mean, I love my Bama cars, but that, that's the newest one. That's, and transmission started going crazy the other day. It wouldn't shift out, so I'm manually going first, second, and it would never go to third. You could put it in there, but it wasn't going. RPM's way over. I'm trying to go down to 565, and I'm fiddling around, don't do nothing about it. Later on in the afternoon, I'm coming home, doing the same thing manually, and I'm on university. I had to go somewhere. I stopped, pick up something, and I got to thinking, well, tell it to go in the name of Jesus. And I thought, yeah. And I went from first gear to second gear and put it in the drive, and I said, shift in the name of Jesus. And all of a sudden, that RPM goes, it shifted. And I thought, hallelujah. And then guess what? It stayed perfect the whole rest of the time. Still running fine right now. Well, what does that mean? That means you got authority, praise the Lord. But it also means i got to remember to pray about stuff. I mean, I'm down here by myself. If I don't invite the Lord to help me on my situations, I'm in trouble. Jesus didn't say, well, you don't have to ask because it's going to be given to you anyway. You don't have to knock because, you know, it's going to be opened anyway. He didn't say that. He said, ask, and it'll be given you. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and it shall be opened. No wonder if he said, whatever you ask in my name. We just opened up a hole to heaven, and the hole, I mean, the problem was on our end. We were saying, Lord, I, I, I mean... It's okay, I, I, I believe you're trying to teach me something down here. And heaven's sitting there going, no, we're not trying to teach you anything. Fact is, you never learn it anyway. That's well, we make up something. Well, I think God was trying to slow me down. So they, we never learn anything. That's not true. The worst thing that happens is we forget to pray. Jesus is the one that wants us to pray. Satan does not want us to pray because he knows he can't stop it. But when you pray, you'll see things happen. Jesus even told Nathaniel, he said, you believe me because I told you I saw you under the fig tree? He said, you're going to see greater things than this. That's what we got to get used to. Today, I'm going to see greater things. I'm going to see greater things. Jesus even put it this way in John 14, and we'll, I'll stop right here, I promise. He said, the works that I do shall you do also, and greater works because I go unto my Father which is in heaven. And that's not a puzzle as to why that is. You've got more time. He completed the mission, and he left. 
you and I have got the rest of our lives. He was only here for three and a half years where he was actually working uh, like you and I could work. I mean, he lived his life, but his ministry was just three and a half years. Praise the Lord. We got all the rest of our lives. Father, I want to thank you that by your stripes we're healed today. You keep us well, and you also take care of us financially. Praise God. You supply everything. And if we do have any kind of troubles out there, no matter what they are, Lord, get us out. We call upon the Lord. You're worthy to be praised. So shall we be saved from our enemies, Psalm 18 tells us. Lord, it doesn't leave anything left but for us to go tell others what great things keep happening to us. And tell them about Jesus. And that's what we're going to do. For it's in Jesus' name. Amen.